Welcome to the Conversations About Light podcast, a King's Cross podcast illuminating our desire to engage in lighthearted conversations that are grounded in scripture. Our hope is that through these conversations, our community will be encouraged and grow in their curiosity about light. Welcome back to another Conversations About Light episode. We are so glad to have you listening with us mm-hmm. this morning, this afternoon, tonight, as you hang up the laundry or do the dishes, whatever it may be. Or feed a baby. Or feed a baby. Yeah. We are feed so yourself. happy yeah. to have you. I'm joined here with uh, Josh and Jib, the Hi. J team. Hi, Caleb. Good to see you. Good g'day, to see g'day. you guys as well. Um, yeah. And we are continuing into our series of Acts Empowered. Uh, by the Holy Spirit. Uh, this week, we'll be looking at Empowered Joy, which is very mm. exciting. Yeah, nice. Yeah, but before we jump into it, the question I have for you guys is, would you rather meet, would you rather travel back in time to meet your ancestors in the future? No, wait, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> that's impossible. Would you rather travel back in time and meet your ancestors or travel to the future to meet your descendants. Wow. Uh, yeah, look, I think I know right away. <laughs> <laughs> Thought about this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Well, don't act like you're thinking about no, it. No, 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 no. But uh, so my descendants, and and the reason is I want to see if that um, that Christian chain continues. You know what I mean? Um, I so that's already answered for my ancestors. I don't know um, if my kids are going to grow up and love Jesus, and their kids will grow right. up and love Jesus, and their kids will grow up and love Jesus. And so I want to see, do they? Yeah. What will that do to you? Oh man, what a great question. I mean, it could, it could change my parenting. It could give me confidence <laughs> in my parenting. Um, probably change tack quicker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but probably. The, both of those responses are kind of assuming too much agency. Oh, agency is maybe the wrong word, but <laughs> but you know, I, I guess assuming too much control that I might have over distant generations onward. I can I can live out a life in perfect obedience to God. Right. I can't. I won't. Yeah. But I could live out a life in perfect obedience to God, and two generations down, they're not Christians, mm. right? Exactly. So I, I put too much responsibility on myself for my descendants. I think. Yeah, so, so maybe it's unhelpful. What about you, Josh? Mine would probably be more selfish motive. I think I'm a comfort guy. So going back anything more than 200 years scares me because I think sure. it's just like, there's no, you know, is there running water? Is there electricity? Yeah, <laughs> Do yeah. we have a roof? Just <laughs> keep there... in mind, you're just visiting, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not going to live yeah, with yeah. them. <laughs> well, for those reasons, I'd like to go to the future where I'm That's assuming awesome. the comforts are higher. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and just just hanging out. What's going on here? Well, this sounds good. Uh, yeah. So the fu- I choose the future. You Great choose answer. the future. You, Caleb? Myself. Ah, oh, I'd probably go back in time. I have like no, no real idea in terms of generationally. But like, so I sure. just love to know that lineage. Yeah. So I, I'd probably go choose to travel back in time to meet my ancestors. Oh, enjoy living in a mud hut. Then. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Hey, it might have been Castle for a Castle, yeah, exactly. Could have been. Well, we're talking been about uh, joy today, and uh, Paul didn't have the greatest comforts, but he had joy, <laughs> oh, right? So I'd there love to. Go. There you go. <laughs> well done. Oh, nice segue. <laughs> right, let's jump into today's reading. Today's reading is from Acts chapter 13, verses 44 to 52, from the English Standard Version. The next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. But when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and began to contradict what was spoken by Paul, reviling him. And Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly, saying, It was necessary that the word of God be spoken first to you. Since you thrust it aside and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life, behold, we are turning to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord, and as many as were appointed to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was spreading throughout the whole region. But the Jews incited the devout women of high standing and the leading men of the city, stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas, and drove them out of their district. But they shook off the dust from their feet against them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. What are we noticing in this portion of Scripture, Jib? Um, we, we see really two very contrasting responses to the gospel, don't we? Mm. And one, uh, we don't see like an, any indifference to it here, or maybe the ind- indifference of a few people might be unimportant in this context. But we see people outright rejecting it and, and people receiving it with joy. And Paul's response uh, when people outright reject it is like, all right, you had your chance. <laughs> Here was um, eternal life, and you said no thanks. Um, here's that eternal life can go to someone else instead, and we see that as well in sort of like the the dusting off the feet at the end as well, um, which Jesus talked about. You know, when you when you leave a <laughs> sorry, jo- Josh is doing these like <laughs> dust, dust off the, the shoulder, shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> the gangster. <laughs> yeah, but but so so Jesus uh, sending out his disciples and saying wherever you're rejected, um, you know, keep the dust off your feet as sort of like a as a sign against those who rejected your message. Mm. Um, and so we see that here as well. Um, God's got a lot of eternal life to give, and uh, <laughs> if someone's going to say no to it, he's, he's got someone else who will receive it. Yeah. yeah, very good. What about you, Josh? Yeah, for me, our series on, uh, you know, empowered or filled with the Holy Spirit, This in this portion of Scripture, we close on verse 52, which is the disciples were filled with joy yeah. and with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I love how those two are side by side, that the infilling of the Holy Spirit is the filling of joy. And that's so challenging to me. Um, so that's a big part of what I'm noticing in this, this scripture, that to be filled or to receive the gospel and be full of the Holy Spirit, there's a promise to be filled with joy. And then I kind of look in my own heart and laugh and go, where is that? Or is that? Then? And I do have joy, but I'm just kind of wondering what, what that looks like in the life of, of a believer if it's promised. Um, and then, like Jib said, the, uh, kind of reading the backstory here or this section, you just see this great uh, difference between those who've received the gospel and those who haven't received the gospel. And so I think Jib picked up on that already. But um, I'm thinking about all the reasons for joy in this passage. You're going yeah. like, you know, they, they, filled, they filled with the Holy Spirit, sure, but they've also received the gospel. It says, when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of God. So they are rejoicing and glorifying in God's message. So they're, something in their hearts and souls has changed, whereas, like I said, the exact opposite of those who have pushed God's word aside, 
they are now angry and reviling. You know, they are jealous and reviling. They filled with jealousy. Yeah, and uh, kind of asking my question, like, yeah. Am I filled with the Holy Spirit or am I filled with jealousy? Those are two yeah. very different yeah. things. Yeah. Am I filled with Am I filled with reviling? Do I um, kind of not what What's my heart towards other people? Yeah. Whoa. Okay, that's kind of the picture of non Holy Spirit filledness. Yeah. <laughs> and then, I, then you go, wow. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm loving the the contrast here, but also the kind of glorious picture yeah. that the gospel holds real joy for my heart, and that's amazing. Yeah. yeah, Josh, I really like that connection mm. uh, with the between the joy and the Holy Spirit because we see it mm. earlier as well, um, weeks back when um, um, Stephen and Philip and Powers were appointed. They were mm. called for uh, men full of wisdom and of the Holy Spirit. And it's not as two distinct things, but it's a wisdom yeah. that comes from the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and so this good. joy here isn't distinct from the Holy Spirit, but it comes from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And that's often what we see when something's paired with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. What it's paired with is actually an outworking of the Holy Spirit in you. Yeah. The Holy Spirit in you brings out joy in response yes. to the gospel. Yeah, it, it brings out wisdom in, um, yeah. in obedience to God and and I guess um, in shepherding and leading and serving. And yeah. So, I, I really like the connection that you drew there, Josh. And I guess when you move into the more theological, like the Acts is a story, but and you see them filled with the Holy Spirit and joy. But obviously, when, in in Galatians, where where Paul writes out the theology and he says that you know the fruits of the Holy Spirit are yeah. love, joy, yeah. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, and so on. But so, there's a, the the theology and the story are together. Yeah, good. And I'm just looking at you know my theology is okay. I think, <laughs> but you may disagree strongly. But my theology is yes, there's joy available. But my experience is uh, maybe not always exactly like that. And kind of desiring right. man, while I'm looking at the scripture, God, would you do something? I think. Uh, a year or two ago, I had this kind of thought on on this exact idea. Like, there's yeah. there's joy promised, and w- like, God, would you teach me? God, would you fill me? God, would you transform me? So, I think that's a wonderful um, request or thought or prayer. Like, yeah, God, what what is gospel joy? And um, yeah, how does it? How how might it abound? How might it, how might I become more filled with that fruit? Or how could it grow in me? Yeah. Right. It's an interesting point that you you made there, uh, Josh. Just between the disconnection of like experience and theology because mm. i think we're noticing right. a bit about a bit of that um at the start of the passage when um mm. the jews saw the crowds and they're filled with jealousy <laughs> so it's like i i'm sure they had great theology and understanding but there's a disconnection between their experience and then later on when the gentiles heard this there's this great rejoicing so maybe yeah. you guys could unpack that a bit I think you're exactly right, Caleb. The the difference between theology and life is real. It's not like theology. The devil, I think Paul Tripp says something like this, the devil will give you your theology if he can own your heart. Wow. So it's like, yeah, he doesn't mind. And, and I think he says, you know, the demons are great theologians. The, the Bible teaches that they know all the theology. Yeah. But so if you, you are happy or content with your, you know, excellent theology, whatever it may be, but your heart is has has, has not uh, experiencing or know the beauty of the gospel is not transforming. Your heart is still becoming hard. It's being deceived, really, by you know by sin. It's not deceived by your theology. It's deceived by the sin that's in you. So, yeah, I think um, that's a very difficult but important question to ask ourselves. Like, great, my theology seems okay, or maybe I need help with it. But even on a on a, a greater level, 
what's going on in my heart. Beautiful, beautiful. I think that's an illustration of the faith that saves as well. Mm. Like when we see uh, faith versus works, what actually saves us. Yeah. So there, there's this contrast that we see between, um, in one place we see, you can't show me faith without works, and elsewhere that says we're saved by faith and not by works. And what it really means is that the faith um, that doesn't have works as fruit is the kind of like head-level theology There's not a changed heart. Yeah. Mm. Um, the kind of theology that even the demons have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the faith that actually brings about works, that, it, that is on your heart and in your heart, it has fruit. It bears fruit. Yeah. And uh, that's what Josh is talking about beautifully there. Yeah. yeah. That's our title, right? Empowered Joy, Grace yeah. for a Transformed Heart. Like Beautiful. If, if yeah, very good. So what does a transformed heart look like in our community? I think one of the key things would be a receiving and of the gospel and God's word, which is transformative. And what I mean by that is um, in this text we see um, the the religious leaders says they thrust aside the word of God. That's a, sort of a choice they made to thrust aside and then yeah. they filled with anger. Whereas these Gentile believers, oh, it says, you know, salvation is coming to the whole world. What a great joy. The message of the gospel is just, they are filled, they are so excited. In fact, previously to this, Paul had preached a week ago and they're like, please come and tell us again. And they bring, it says yeah. the whole city almost comes out, nearly the whole city. So I think this receiving of God's word transforms us. So when we thrust aside God's word, and it's so easy to do and so subtle that we can do. This is a very stark, you know, this is like yeah. Jesus is the Messiah or not. But I think for us ourselves in a, in a community, when we tend to um, minimize God's word, what tends to happen then is we then begin to we fall into really what is unbelief. We start to not believe God's word and we begin to behave in certain ways and then leads to hardness of heart rather than a joy-filled heart, rather than love, joy, peace, patience, all those things are the fruits of the Spirit. So I think in a community, when we're responding to God, um, last week we talked about hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, when we're believing upon God, not pushing aside, these are things that kind of transform your heart, um, not just the, the, you know, the great theology. So I think maybe that's one of the things is how do we receive and respond to God's word. It seems to be a big theme in this this kind of portion of the text here is one of the ways. I don't know, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, that's great. I think um, that's all true and very good. Uh, Paul, writing to the Galatians, goes into specifics with the fruits of the Spirit. You mentioned mm. love, joy, peace, I think it's patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Yeah. Um, probably not a comprehensive list, but point to all these things to look for. Is this the fruit? Do you see this fruit of the Spirit in your life, in your community, how you relate to each other? And all that's kind of like really specific ways to answer the question, Am I, uh, are we loving Jesus above all and others before ourselves? Very good. And maybe the source of, of joy has to be your salvation, right? Yes. It, can't be, it can't be your circumstance because you'll, you'll never get there. <laughs> you, well, you might get there on Monday, but, but Tuesday would be different. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so the source of joy is like there's this flourishing peace, joy, and wholeness that comes from the gospel message. Am I truly believing upon that, like reminding myself of it, Mm. I have everything I need. Sure, my circumstances might be upside down, but in Jesus, I am secure mm. eternally, and really believing. But that that does create joy, and so that again, I don't want to be flippant about it because I'm not. Well, I'm not talking about happiness. You know, yeah. I'm happy. Like, oh, I had a great buffet. This is I'm very, I'm very happy. <laughs> That's up and down, but a source, a, a sense of joy, and and I think we're at risk of of being 
uh, of that being clouded out from time yeah, to time, yeah. and that's that's fine. But to remind ourselves of 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 the kind of joy, flourishing, wholeness, and source of joy being God's salvation and and presence, which is um, truly amazing. I, th- I don't think you should ever get used to that, no. and maybe sometimes we do. <laughs> yeah, very good. Yeah, I, I love that point, Josh. That it's the joy of our salvation. Um, because that that essentially, yeah, circumstances may not change, but the our salvation changes circumstances in yeah. in the sense of we have a hope, we have a joy, we have yeah. a peace um, amidst yeah. all these different turbulences within our um, circumstance. Yeah. But just in closing, what's a thought that we can go into this week to think about? Mm. Perhaps we can think about you know in life we might lose our happiness or our joy but i think because of the gospel and the promise of it we can always return to real salvation joy that that is totally possible um, it's available the holy spirit exists uh well not exists sorry he always was the holy spirit is present to help us return yeah. to real salvation joy and there is real salvation joy which is greater than any joy that could ever be experienced in all of creation there is no greater joy, and that is available to us. That's amazing. So I think that kind of joy is really just the gospel internally taking effect, and then it comes out. If that gospel hasn't internally, um, if you haven't beheld it or you haven't come back to see it, if you haven't beheld the beauty of the gospel, that kind of joy can't exist, that kind of real salvation joy. So I guess my encouragement and my question would be, um, if you are feeling like you've um, lost your joy, how can you invite the Holy Spirit and ask Him to help you to return to what is available, real gospel joy? Holy Spirit, would you uh, show me afresh, change my heart afresh, draw me back to salvation joy?